I'm Laura Max Rose, mother of two, and you're listening to Look Ma No Hands, my candid dispatches from the front lines of motherhood. I ask the real, tough, honest questions on motherhood-related topics that we're all wanting to know more about, in hopes it will make everyone's journey fulfilling, easier, and more joyful. If you're not a mom, welcome. I want you to know how happy I am that you're listening and that these topics can be applied to any season of life. I'm grateful you're along for the ride. Welcome back to Look Ma No Hands. I am your host, Laura Max Rose, and I am joined tonight virtually by Megan Burkle of Willow Crowns. Welcome back to Look Ma No Hands, Megan. Thank you for having me again. Well, I'm so excited that you're back. This is your third time on Look Ma No Hands, so you are officially my most frequent guest of all time. This is my 31st episode, so that's I'm pretty very honored. That's pretty big. Well, I'm honored to have you and the last few episodes we've done um, were entitled, the first one was Protecting Your Emotional Bandwidth. And the second one was actually my most listened to episode ever, um, which was all about cultivating a life that you love. I'm so and, glad people liked it. Oh, it was, you know, honestly, I've listened to that second episode so many times myself. And what has been so striking to me about it is that it was my most listened to episode. And so many people got in touch with me that things that you said um, just changed the way that they live their day-to-day life. And there were these simple tools that they were able to implement and things started to flow more easily for them. And they just had a change in perspective. And I experienced all those things too. But what was so funny was that it happened really. I mean, you and I talked. I know. You were talking about how grateful you were for your life. How like there was like nothing you would change basically. And then every like earth was canceled. Like we just canceled earth. It just like stopped on a dime. <laughs> and I, I thought to myself too, I was like, I mean, how, what are the chances we would talk about that right before life as we know it would completely change? I don't know. Yeah, I kept, I kept thinking about here's where I, what I've arrived at this is just me trying to like make sense of it is I sort of put to work so much of what you'd recommended, like even stuff that's helping me today. Um, I have like this white basket now in my kitchen where like all the stuff where nobody knows, like nobody knows where to put it when they get home, like the mail, whatever it goes into that basket. We empty the basket at the end of the day. So there's not like clutter everywhere. Um, there are a million things that I sort of implemented after that conversation that were so functional and helped me so much. Then I hit this sort of wall where like we were all moving so fast and I didn't really know what to call it. Like I didn't know I had this block, but I didn't know what it was. It was like I got to a certain point and then I could just sense how fast we were all moving. Yeah. Um, It became sort of like visceral for me. And then this happened. So I was like, okay, I took hold of what I can control, which I'm still taking hold of. It's like totally keeping, by the way, like waking up at six in the morning, my kids wake up around seven has completely saved my life in this quarantine. I saw you post that recently and I was so glad. Oh my God. It's been like totally, I honestly, and I, that was something I couldn't put into practice before. It was like, I wasn't quite desperate enough. Now I'm desperate. <laughs> now, you're now I'm like, desperate. now I'm desperate. And my husband, not, my husband and I are both doing it. And he's like, I'm never going back. Like we're doing this forever. Um, it's hard to imagine having my kids wake me up like right now, because I'm just, you're, this is my life. It's the only time you get. 
Yeah. It's the only time I get. I just, I think back, I listened to that episode a couple of times too. And I, I have thought about it more recently as we were getting ready to have this conversation tonight that I've been glad I had put a lot of time and effort into intentionally making my life something that I loved because now my life is very small. And, you know, we talk about making your home a place you love to live. It's the only place we are right now. And it's your whole world. It's my whole world. Like my world got really small, really quickly. And I've been grateful that I had a few things in place, like early mornings before the kids were up or an organized whatever, because life became suddenly very chaotic and also not at the same time. You know what I mean? Like you're not going anywhere. We're not doing a lot of things we used to do. So how can life be chaotic? But the world feels so chaotic right now. Yeah. To have those things in place, they are, they have been my saving graces on like difficult days. Yeah. I mean, I, I, the organ, like the things in my house and my life that were organized, um, it's like just to be able to maintain that right now, as opposed to just having this total cluster, like things are getting messier, both internally and externally. Yeah. Like it, we don't have the time to like do the type of like organizational work that we were doing before, but like the fact that we did it before all this happened, I'm just like, thank God, because I kind of know where to put things now. There's like a general idea. Um, and there's like a little bit less chaos because of that. And I think and, too, um, when I'm, you're in your house with your family nonstop, it gets, oh my God. I, mean, I don't know if your house is like this, but I'm like, have you people always lived like this? Like, oh my God, I don't even mess. But like, also you add on to that, that no one is leaving. No so it's like, leaving. yes, I knew everybody here was a total mess. Like I was aware of that, but We've also like had time, like I keep telling my husband, this house was not meant to be lived in 24 seven. Like it's like falling apart. Like I feel like every five seconds I'm like repairing something or trying to like wash a piece of furniture because like our furniture is like, why are you doing so much on me right now? (laughs) Like there's just like so many handprints and people and like you can't catch up because you're always at home. It's so true. It's always being used constantly. So I've been dying to ask you. um, So this happened. And the first thing that happened for you with Willow Crowns was that you let go of your staff. You had like 12 people working for you. Unfortunately, they're all still working for me. You didn't let them go, but like they no longer are coming in. But I don't have anyone coming in. Um, So all our makers are still making. And that's amazing. Um, But I have had no packaging help, no inventory help. Um, no photography. <laughs> um, you have been doing all that by I, yourself. All of a sudden, and back to doing all the things that I outsourced because they became too much to handle. And I am doing and it I, with no <laughs> care. So I saw that you posted this video that your teacher, your um, kids' teachers at school have like asked for you to submit the work that they're doing to be graded. And you were just like, are you kidding me? Like, I can't I, even look at this right now. I'm so fired up about this. Um, up until now, we've had a lot of suggested work and recommendations, but nothing has been mandatory. And then today, the school district sent an email saying the work, you know, it's not going to be a lot of work, but there will be mandatory work and it will be the basis of their grades for the rest of the year. And I just, I told my husband, I was like, is this really what we're worried about right now? Well, and what are people supposed to even be doing? I mean, like, 
you're working from home. You have an entire company that you're running without your staff present. And like, do do people like, do they think that like that just stopped? Like your job just stopped because school stopped? Like, I don't understand. I was so incensed on behalf of working parents for one, because my husband and I are both working and trying to maintain that under unprecedented stressful conditions. And then not even parents who work, but just parents who are home with other kids and trying to mentally grapple with a situation that no one has any idea how to wrap their mind around. We don't, this is, this is all brand new and on a level nobody could have even imagined. We're all just trying to, no one's trying to thrive right now. We're all just trying to survive. Right. And this is not a time for evaluation. I'm like, oh, my daughter, my daughter's three and a half. Grading anything. <laughs> like, this is not the time to be submitting a grade for anybody's work because nobody is operating at anything close to, at least in my world, um, you know, their peak performance. And that includes my children. Yeah. Oh my yeah, God. The kids yeah. are not okay right now. Like I, I feel like I've gone through waves of realization around this. Like we, our quarantine started with a week of spring break. So we yes. had like, yeah, we had like a one week spring break, which we're used to. And I always joke that like spring breaks great. Cause my, my oldest does great at home for a week, but winter break is hard because it's two and a half weeks. And that last week really is tough for her without the structure. And, um, we like literally went into week two and I started to see like the metamorphosis, but like, Oh my God, as it progresses, it was just like, I was just playing catch up in my mind. I'm thinking like, what's going on? Why are we like kicking mommy like in the stomach during bedtime when you've like never, like she, she did a lot of things as a, as a kid, but like the physical aggression was never one of them. (laughs) And now All of a sudden, I'm being like a bit pinched, kicked, and I'm just like looking at my husband, like what's what's going on, like what's going. And it took a minute for me to be like, wow, okay, like yeah, she's reacting to this whole situation, even though she doesn't talk about it. Her entire world is completely different. And then you add on top of that, you know, they want to do virtual parent teacher conferences for a three and a half year old. And I'm like, I don't want this information. I don't want to know anything about how she was doing before this started because I'm just focusing on how she's doing right now. We're all just trying to get through. I'm not even going to say one day at a time. I'm I'm like minute <laughs> to minute. I'm, minute. Yeah. I'm, I'm living minute to minute right now. And there are some days where I think back and I'm like, you know what? That was a really good day. And I felt like I was patient and compassionate and I was the parent I wanted to be. And then there are a lot of days where I look back and I'm like, wow, I am so glad kids are forgiving because yeah. th- I don't want to be graded on today. I don't, I'm, I have, I've looked, I mean, I hear you. This was, so today was a good one for me, but last week I would say the whole week was pretty much a wash. And there were things that I said and did where like I pre-quarantine, I couldn't have probably even imagined that happening, like snapping on that level. And it's just like a whole new la- like level of having to accept myself and my limitations and like, okay, we're going to try again today. I mean, like how much more humbling could something be? Like, Every single thing that I had set up. Yeah. And I think we probably, I mean, I know I, I went into it because we had our first week of spring break and then I went into week one, like I'm going to homeschool and I'm going to do this. And and like, it just fell apart so rapidly that I was just like, okay, this is not a sprint. This is a marathon. 
And it's great to do schoolwork and it's great to do all these enriching activities, but it's also really great to have a house that doesn't feel like anger and stress and chaos. And I think one of the big burdens mothers face is we have to set that tone for the house. And so I really had to like strip all the extra stuff away and be like, okay, what's it going to take for me to be a sane human being and create calm in our home? And that's the stuff that we're going to do because yeah, I, I mean, we now, okay, fine. We'll submit the assignments. We'll get graded on them. Is it going to be like pulling teeth to get her to do them? Probably. But I cannot stress about it too much. I just can't. There's enough stuff to stress about. Are we all not up at night worried about the world? Oh my I God. Mean, it's I do grief. not need to fight with her about school assignments because I just need to get myself calm so that I can keep my kids feeling safe and happy. Yeah. Amen. And I love what you just said about not wanting to have this house that was like full of anger and stress. Um, and how, you know, I feel like we all maybe know that a little bit more when we're not homeschooling our kids. And then, you know, our kids come home and like someone's working on letter tracing right now. And all of a sudden I feel this huge burden of responsibility to make sure she still knows how to write these letters that she's been working so hard on. And I get stressed and then I start pressuring her and no one is happy. And it's like, yeah, I mean, I've had to have that realization too. Like, we're going to have to let it be okay that you might not be able to write as quickly as we wanted to. And that's fine. Like, you're going to be okay. She's not going to go to college, not knowing how to write her name. Yeah. Like we're letting it all go. All the expectations. I think what you said, you know, like you're the one who has to teach her now, the thing that was brought most sharply into focus for me with all of this was that all of a sudden I'm the only influence on my children. I mean, my husband too, but like, there is no peer influence. There's no teachers. There's no coaches. There's no instructors. There's no amazing little preschool helpers. Like there's nobody. If I think my world is small, my kids' worlds just got super small. And yeah, you're it. If I'm stressed out because I'm trying to be housekeeper, cook, chauffeur, you know, for those drives to Target, pick up Um, the teacher, the business owner, the spouse, if I'm trying to wear all of these hats and stressed to the max about them all, the only influence that my kids are getting that day is anxiety and overwhelm. And so I have had to just let so much of that go. Like you want a PB and J for dinner again, go crazy. Go crazy. We've been doing lots of cereal dinners. You want to do another worksheet and we call that math for the day. One worksheet. Got it. Sounds good to me because again, nobody's getting graded on this time. It's, and I, I think I thought so much about this. I posted this on my Instagram uh, maybe like a week ago when I was a kid and I lived in Maine, we had a huge ice storm when I was in grade school and like, it was bad. People died. Um, There was no power for some people for weeks and school got canceled. It was like a state of emergency. But all I remember is I got to go to my grandmother's house and like bake cookies and play with all the toys in her basement. Yeah. Like it never felt scary to me, even though my mom took my sisters and I and my dad had to like sleep at our house for two weeks with no power and heat because our basement kept flooding and he had to be there to like 
fix all these burst pipes from ice. You didn't know about any of that. I had it was no just magic. idea because yeah. I was having a blast being home with my mom and my grandmother and getting to do whatever I wanted, basically. Yeah. I mean, I so, I so hear you just making it kind of magical for your kids and remembering those times when you were or just making them feel safe like this, because this is really a scary time. Yeah. Like this is probably one of the scarier things we'll ever live through. I mean, the projections right now, or I mean, for what's going to happen, because I mean, it's looking like the governors across the country are trying to come up with a plan to reopen the economy. And like, pretty much everyone has said, like, that's inevitable. We're going to have to reopen the the economy, but there's going to be a huge price of human life to pay for that. And I'm already, I mean, I have my friend's grandmother just died of COVID-19. We spent my whole childhood with her. I know people like so many people who've been affected in one way or the other. This is happening to people that this isn't just something out there. Um, And it's, it's hard. It's like, I put that away. I think most of us do. And we think about how we can't wait to get back to all these things that we miss and that we love, but we don't really off. We don't often stop to think about what it is that's actually blocking us from doing that. And it's, it's a very overwhelming thing. And as parents, I think it's so important that we take time to set for ourselves to just process that in whatever way right now, because otherwise I think it starts to take over. It's, it's so stressful to be managing that. Like it's so dominating. Like, I feel like now we've probably a lot of us settled into like a groove. Like we're, we're ready to be out of this groove, but we're there. Like the first couple of weeks, you know, you're kind of climbing the walls and, and thinking it might end soon, which I'm over. I'm like, I'm like, we're here forever. Like I'm in for a long (laughs) time. If I start, if I start letting myself believe this is anywhere close to ending, it's like not good for me. No, it's false hope. Don't do it. Yeah. Also like the first few nights where it felt really real and like we couldn't leave to go anywhere. I remember like just the anxiety, especially, you know, trying to go to sleep at night, feeling crippling and just being worried about the world and trying to just get your own head around that so you can be a decent parent the next day. And when I say decent parent, I don't mean killing it at homeschool or. Right. No, you mean like basically passing muster sort of. Yeah. I mean, just being emotionally available to your kids and not yelling at them to go away, which I have done. Hey, you know what? I feel like that's pretty innocent compared to like, I have been unrecognizable to myself many times in this quarantine. Can you just go be somewhere else? Be somewhere else. I said to my husband the other day, I was like, I was probably like, I was like scream. I don't know if I was screaming or crying, but it was just the two of us. And I said like, this isn't what I wanted for my children. This isn't who I I want. This isn't who I want to be to them. Like I didn't plan on this. And I was just sort of like grieving the fact that this is not what I wanted. Like I had one kid in school. I was with one of them. Like I had this schedule that made me a really kind, warm, loving, compassionate mom. And I planned it that way. That was what I, who I wanted to be to them. And I just wasn't ready. Like none of us were, this snuck up on me and I'm like, okay, no alone time ever. All right, go. Like (laughs) now I'm going to figure out like, I am now the housekeeper. I am home full time with both of my kids. Oh, and all the parks are closed. Everything's closed. Everything you could possibly do with them is closed and you're inside. Like let's adjust, like not going to happen overnight. Definitely getting better. Um, 
but not not there yet by any stretch wherever there is. And you said you're grieving, you know, not being who you wanted them to have right now. But like, don't you think a huge part of this is grief all around just grief? Absolutely. Showed me this. I can't remember if it was like a like a Harvard Business Review article, some article. And he it was like, what is this feeling that everybody is feeling? And it was the answer was grief. It was grief for actual loss, anticipatory grief for loss that has not yet happened, grief for the loss of our normal day-to-day lives and the feeling of security that we had going about those lives. Like this, things will never feel the same to me. They'll never feel the same and they'll also never be the same. They'll never be the same. Like I went, so I have been in a grocery store once in the past five weeks. Wow. I mean, that's way better than me. So we good for you. have had everything delivered. We have done Target drive up, but I have only set foot in a store once in five weeks. And I came home and I told my husband, I wish I hadn't done it because it just rattled me. Like to see the yeah. X's on the floor and the shields up in front of the cashiers and just the the dodgy way people are looking at each other. Yeah. Just, I, I said, I don't, how am I ever supposed to look at H-E-B the same way again after that? I know. Well, what scares me so much is when I do go to H-E-B, they have the um, glass, like the plexiglass walls up between you and the cashiers now. Yeah. Um, and I'm like, wait, are you going to take those down ever? Like this can't be permanent. Like it can't be permanent that I have to talk to somebody behind a plastic shield for the rest of my life. Like so many, and then like, I look at the social distancing um, stickers on the floor that say like, please like keep a six feet distance when you're in the grocery store. And I'm like, wait, you guys, like, are, are you going to ever take those off? Like, I feel like we're doing all these things, but like, wait, are we sure we're going to go back to like not having those signs and who's going to come into HEB and say, Oh, we're all fine. Now I'm going to take down the glass Who wants to be responsible wall. for that. <laughs> Who wants to be responsible for that? Like no one's going to do that. And this is going to be like, so much a part of my reality. And then I have my kids being like, you know, not both of them, because one of them is just one, but the other one asking like, why are, you know, she wants to know everything about germs. And I barely said anything to her really about, I mean, I've kept it to a minimum. Um, She knows what she needs to know in order to understand why she's home from school. But like the germophobia that is being bred right now that will be like, funny because yeah. you are like the least germophobic person ever. I, how do you know that? You, you do know that. You told me that. And yeah, I'm, I'm wondering if this had affected your views on that. That's so funny. I don't remember telling you that, but I do have quite the <laughs> reputation among some of my friends for literally having no fear of germs. Um, no, this hasn't, um, I mean, so whenever I went to a gas pump, I always had hand sanitizer in my car and I would sanitize my hands like that. I wouldn't touch a thing after doing something like that. I wash my hands after every normal thing you're supposed to wash your hands after. I'll probably come out of this doing it even more. Um, I will. But like, I mean, my daughter still like drops her passy on like the pavement and it goes right back in her mouth. So there's like, (laughs) I'm guilty of that as well. But I just, and it's so funny, like, you know, because your daughter is three and a half. Mm-hmm. Um, your oldest. So my youngest is a little over three and yeah. we drove to get a coffee and she was like, why are they wearing a mask? Yeah. And my seven-year-old starts going, well, it's the coronavirus and <laughs> like, telling her all about like 
and I just, I said, you know, it's, it's to keep the germs away. It's so that we can all stay healthy. And she was like, okay. <laughs> and, but then my poor seven-year-old, she's on like a zoom meeting with her class and she, I can hear her say, I can't wait to see you all again. I'm so lonely at home with just my sister. Oh, and I'm oh. like, oh. and like she taught, like these kids are talking in this zoom meeting and they're using like COVID-19 coronavirus. Like they're talking like they somewhere between three and seven, the awareness. I mean, like you said, you're oldest. She, she knows, but somewhere between three and seven, that level of awareness, it is exponentially increased. And she is very aware. And I'm like, I just don't want you to be scared. Yeah. And so what do I do to make you not be scared? And so that has meant like hiding from my children to cry. Yeah. I cry so much more now. Like, I think that's a good thing. I mean, I'm feeling what's happening to me. I you mean, have they're to either feel gonna feel it. Or, yeah. Someone said something to me, it was probably in like an Instagram message, but they were like, you know, you have to identify the feeling, acknowledge the feeling, and then deal with the feeling. And I'm like, I have no problem identifying. <laughs> I have no problem feeling it. I feel it all on like I'll a level 10. But now how to deal and deal with it on top of all the other stuff we're supposed to be doing. Yeah, I don't know, man. I think feeling it is dealing with it. Like that's kind of where I'm at with it. Yeah, I'm like, I think we're like 90 steps ahead of, I mean, if you can just at least acknowledge this, um, that it's going on, just be present for it. Like I have a friend and she was talking to me about how her husband just doesn't want to watch the news at all right now. And I respect that. I I understand that. But she said, um, you know, we have to like, we, this is a tremendous loss that our nation, our entire world is facing. And we have to show up and be a witness to that. Like her favorite musician died, you know, a few days ago, I can't remember what his name is that everybody knows. And I seem to have not known who it was, but um, he died of the coronavirus. And she was like, I just need to like witness that this is happening. This is a moment in history that I need, I'm, I'm going to, sh- I'm going to show up for it. I'm going to feel it because it's here. And that's so the only thing you can do. It's reminding me, um, I saw somebody post it, and it was probably one of the more powerful things for me that I've seen about it all because it spoke a lot to something I was feeling, which is if there are times where I'm like, it feels like the world is ending mm-hmm. and you go out and you see just emptiness you know, you see empty parking lots and empty stores and all this stuff that makes it feel so scary. And this person said, you know, what you're seeing is not the end of the world. What you're witnessing is an unbelievable show of global solidarity. Yes. People who are all saying, yes, we will stay home all over the world. And like, it gave me tingles. Like it moved me. Like, The world is such a scary, contentious place so much of the time. And yet here we all are. Here we are. Finally, the entire world has one common enemy. Yeah, exactly. And I know, I mean, there are people out there who will say, you know, we've never been so divided. Uh, I mean, you can find that if you want to look for that, you'll find it. But I am seeing just the opposite. I have never seen us so united before in this moment. I mean, even post 9-11, it wasn't like this. This is like a global sort of unification. Um, And it's different because like 
we're 9-11 was a day like a horrible day and then like life went back to the way that it was after and we felt differently but this is a prolonged experience that we are all having and as far as you know it's funny because I get really I have had moments where it has felt like the apocalypse in the past four years probably like I think that's when it started happening for me that I would something would happen in current events and I would feel like oh my god this is the end of the world but this actually has almost felt the opposite for me it it feels like there was so much going on that was so much bigger than we were um and it didn't seem like any of it was going to stop or change stuff that wasn't working um and here we are this is like you know people are calling it the great pause yeah um and I do believe that this will absolutely end and we will go back to living our lives. But I I do believe it will be better. I do believe that um, we will have an understanding and a gratitude and a reverence um, that we didn't have before. And I think a lot of people are feeling that. And that, I mean, that's, that's where I'm looking at it from. I, it, I think we have felt really invincible for a long time, probably. Yeah. And this has been a really great equalizer. I think Absolutely. I'm going to do that for people. And I, I think it has really thrown into sharp focus for me what's important. And I, I never thought that I didn't have my priorities in order, but like, I can tell you like the first week that they were talking about like a potential shutdown, I was like, what am I going to do about my nails? <laughs> and now, five weeks later, I could care less. I, I couldn't care less about it. I told my husband, I was like, I know this is probably too intimate, but I'm going to show you part of myself. I've never shown you. It's my unpainted nails. Oh my God. That's so, I know. <laughs> like never I seen them not like perfectly done. It's like... Well, they always have been perfectly done. I was thinking you were, I actually thought about your nails when I found out about the pause. Cause I was like, what is Megan going to do about her nails? Because I always, every two weeks we get to see that you get your manicure yeah, you on Instagram. What? The world has not, my world has shockingly not ended because I've not been able to get my bi-weekly mani-pedi. And it's just those yeah. are the things that I used to really like prioritize and, you know, give a lot of thought to like, okay, where am I, when am I going to get this done? Um, this is really important to me. It's my self-care whatever. Um, the thing, it really has caused me to focus on, you know, my kids' emotional health is so important my emotional health is so important. Like this whole thing has made me really stop and like take stock. Like, do I manage anxiety? Well, do I manage stress? Well, what are the mechanisms I have for coping with difficult times in life? Yeah. And I'll tell you a weighted blanket is a huge part of that. Oh, absolutely. It's my saving <laughs> grace. Thank you for bringing that up. I've never mentioned that on this podcast before, but if anyone doesn't have a weighted blanket, this is the time to get one. It really is. hundred percent. Oh my God. My mom, I was, she was like, I haven't slept in weeks. And I was like, I've got you. You just need a weighted blanket. Yes. Weighted blanket. It's incredible. Incredible. I'm so glad that you brought that up. I've also noticed, you know, before all of this happened, um, whenever I went to a place like Home Depot or Target on the weekend, it was like the parking lot. You couldn't even park. And everybody was in these stores just like accumulating. And I didn't have as much of a problem with it initially, but my husband is the kind of person who would love to, he would so much, he would never want to go to a store like that on the weekend. He wants to go hiking. He wants to be outside. And I, before I met him, I wasn't ever thinking about going outside and going on a hike. I went, I went to stores on the weekend. That's what I did. So, you know, 
Yeah. I mean, shopping was my cardio. Absolutely. Even if I'm just walking around, like not buying anything, I would go to the store. That was what I did. So he really didn't like that routine. And so we didn't do as much of it as I probably would have wanted to. But it's so funny because um, now, you know, none of us can go to the store and we're all going out and hiking in the parks. And it's like everyone, no one can go shopping anymore. So everybody's outside. And I sort of feel like we're living in Ben's world a little bit right now. Like he's like, yes, like everyone's in my park. Like this is where he's been the whole time. And in the beginning, it was so hard for me. I was like, oh my God, I just want to walk through Target and buy things. Like that's all I want to do right now. Um, and now I, you know, I walked around in Memorial Park today and I thought like, please God, like I said a prayer, like, let me never forget how much more I enjoy this because I am so much more fulfilled doing this than I was like filling my house with crap. I didn't need, not that I don't love it. Like I love my and not that I won't go back to doing it. Um, yeah. but I just want to have more of a balance. You know, I don't, I don't think we're in balance right now at all. We're like, the other, the pendulum has completely swung the other direction. Um, but that's what I think has to happen, um, in order for like a healing and an awareness and a change to really occur. And once we're back in balance, I hope I don't swing all the way back over to where I was before. I don't think you will. I mean, my husband and I were discussing this and we said, you know, cause his grandparents lived through the great depression yeah. and he was like, I see how it has changed them. Like, yeah. he's like, when I was a kid, I used to make fun of the little weird things they would do, like save their McDonald's cups, <laughs> you know, like for real. We're going to be so weird after this. <laughs> but he said, he's like, I will never be the same after this. I will never, yeah. he's like, this will change us. And it's true. I, when every time we get a grocery delivery and they have the food that I have ordered, you know, the first mm -hmm. few weeks, you didn't get anything. You yeah. know, like you couldn't get bananas, you couldn't get eggs, you couldn't get milk. And I remember the first few times those things started to come back in grocery orders. I was so grateful. I never felt grateful for milk before. Right. We were and taking how, all of it. For how granted. silly does that sound? Like I should have been appreciative of that, but it just was such a given. And also I, just the amount of food that I was like the takeout, like the level away. of food that I wasn't yeah, throwing away. And like, we weren't cooking. I mean, right now we're cooking everything basically. Looks like your husband is really making quarantine awesome for oh, you. Oh, I have to tell you, I knew that he was a really good chef, but we've like entered a whole new level. I honestly feel like I live with, I live with a, like an actual chef. It's That's kind of unreal. My pants are quite tight, but it's fine because I have nowhere else to go. No, no, it doesn't matter. I think you just, you know, when you get back to shopping, get some flowy maxi dresses for the summer. And I have back. purchased them. Um, Target, Zara's having a flowy maxi dress sale right now. I got myself a few. I was like, you know what? This is where we are. This is where we're at. I'm not worrying about this right now. This is no. like my joy in life. And don't you think that has been kind of like a silver lining though, is you do find the joy in the, you're forced to slow down. Yeah. I mean, and to sit and have an, an amazing meal that you made as a family and that's a real joy. It's something you'll remember. Like we, we've been taking walks every day yeah. and normally, like you said, on a weekend, I would be like, I'm out of here. See you guys later. I'm going shopping. I'm going to get my nails done. Mm -hmm. um, and now I'm like, why are, why were we not going for walks? It is the yeah. cutest thing ever to like 
watch my little three-year-old dance to whatever music is playing on my phone. And my daughter, my older daughter, she brought her new almanac on our walk today so she could identify the turtles at the pond. Like, oh my God, why was I not so, why was I not creating these opportunities before? Because I didn't have to. You didn't have to. And I look at all the people who are like outside. I mean, everybody in our neighborhood, when I, when I do drive my car right now, it's like, I have to drive three miles an hour because everybody's outside on their bike. Everyone's running. And I'm like, are we really all going to consciously decide that we don't want to be doing this anymore? Because this is amazing. Like, are we all just going to like go back and decide that we don't all want to be outside again? Because I really hope we don't. Like, why weren't we going on? I mean, we didn't, we weren't prompted to go on these walks. But now that we are like, hey, yeah, this is so much better. I love this. It is. And I mean, I, I know that not everyone is having this experience, but we here in Houston, I mean, we could not have asked for better quarantine weather. No, we couldn't have. I don't even know what's going on. Houston has never been like this. It's been like a gift. (laughs) Yeah, it's been incredible. It's been amazing. And, you know, my kids have been in the pool pretty much every afternoon. I always tell my husband, like, if we make it to noon, the day is one. Because then people nap or they rest. And then when they wake up, they go in the pool till dinner time, And then the day is over. Yeah. Oh, I feel I get it. I get the morning for me. So I've been waking up early. It's like, I've been waking up at six and I have to tell you when I look at the clock and I've given both of my kids breakfast, done their hair and they're dressed and it's seven 30. I'm like, what are you, are you kidding me right now? <laughs> like the longest hours are those morning hours. We get yeah. to Violet, only Violet naps. We get to her nap around noon. And I'm like, okay, that's Selma's movie time. We've started doing movie time instead of let's watch a ton of TV. Cause we're in quarantine. Cause we've realized that behavior gets affected oh, from that. Oh, yeah. I know. Exactly yes. What you're talking about. Yes. So we have more, there's more TV time for sure, but it's designated to like a certain time of day now. So like, we're not watching it all day and it's not like playing in the background. We're trying so um, hard to break it up because, oh my gosh, TV in excess, like they become different kids. Yeah. It's not even worth it. I was talking about not. this on my other podcast. Yeah. It's not even worth it. It's like it pay, it, it just bites you in the butt, if you will. It really, it really does. Like, it's like a, I've, I've really had to like taper my work hours to be really strategic because I can't just turn on a show for them and go work all day because one, it doesn't work. And two, even if it did work, they're just jerks. They watch, <laughs> they watch, if they watch that much TV, they're just jerks. Yeah, I hear you. Well, so that's what I've been wanting, you know, what I've been dying to ask you is how you are doing all of what your huge team did for you by yourself. Um, how so, are you like, how are you doing? Well, um, I'm very tired. Yeah. I've been back to doing a lot of late nights, which is not ideal. How uh, late? I mean, late for me, which is like 10 o'clock. But oh my God. They, yeah. I mean, that's late, especially if you're waking up early. My kids go to bed around like seven, seven thirty, and I go and work for two to three more hours. Um, yeah. I've been trying to taper back from that, but a lot of it has had to be, I am in control of what I do. And so like today we launched a new product and it was really exciting and we sold a lot more than I thought we were going to. And I eventually said to Emily, who runs my website, you have to take the listing down because, because you just couldn't it's keep up. too much. Yeah. And there's a part of me that's like, no, I want, you know, I want to sell as many as I can. I don't want anybody to say they missed out. Um, I love the the good feeling of 
coming up with an idea and it being wildly successful. Um, but I, I can't. So yeah. we took 50 orders for it and then I had her pull the listing. And so I've had to do more of that. I've had to limit what we offer. So instead of doing like huge drops once a month, we're doing like several small drops a week so that right. I can keep it more manageable because I am counting everything now. I'm packaging everything now. Thank goodness my husband can fold boxes. Um, <laughs> you know, like it's really just, I've had to, you cannot keep doing things the way you used to do when the circumstances have completely changed. No, they've completely changed. And I think in the beginning we were all like, watch me circumstances. I can yes. do what I want. Right. Yeah. But now it's like, oh my God. I mean, the humbling that has occurred week from week one until right now. It is such an exercise in humility. And I think to, you just, I've had to say, I like, this is the thing. I used to really think I did it all. And now I'm realizing that I, now that I actually have to do it all, it's, it's really hard. And speaking of doing it all, one of the things that I think of when I think of you doing it all is that is the cleaning and the housekeeping. So how I have just every day wondered while I am cleaning my house and realizing how incredibly dirty it actually uh, is, um, how that's going. Has your house gotten a little messier or is it still just as clean? It's not great. Um, it's definitely... (laughs) I'll say this. I I've managed to keep it picked up. You're making everybody feel better right now. So just elaborate. <laughs> but like, Good. I, I, there, we have this one, my powder bathroom, my downstairs bathroom. It's the most heavily used bathroom in my house because it's right off the living room and it's yeah. the big bathroom. And now that my husband is home all day working from home, it's his too. And I used to clean that bathroom and I mean like wipe the floor down. I mean, it's a really small bathroom, but like three or four times a week uh-huh. because people were in it a lot for work. And I went in there the other day and I was like, I'm disgusted. <laughs> I mean, cause it had, I had only gotten to it once in a week because I've been busy and it has gotten 10 times the amount of use. Yes. I, we have a bathroom. Like- it's been neglected for a month, but this house, as you said, it's not designed to be lived in 24 no. hours a day. It's not like, it's just it, like, I, I, we have the same, actually it's the downstairs bathroom for us too. Like the powder room that just gets used. And I actually had a very similar moment and they're thinking like, Oh my God, what if they condemn? Like, what if I, it just felt so gross. Like everything I was so overwhelmed and like, all I've been doing is cleaning. Yeah. Like, it's all I've been doing. I'm like, how is this even happening? Like, I can't keep up with this. The laundry, I was joking to my husband that like, you're going to laugh or die. But um, there was always such a back, back pile of laundry. I finally, in the first few weeks of quarantine, worked through all the laundry because that was like how I was getting out my anxiety. So everything in the house was clean. There was nothing waiting to be washed. And we were literally like five drawers short because we're so used to having so much stuff in the laundry room that we don't actually have enough space for our clothing. And I was like, this is how much it takes to clean this house. Like I have been in here doing laundry for three days and I'm like finally done with like the big pile of laundry. And now the big pile is back, but it's just like so, it's so much. And everyone like the dishwashing is like, I mean, I'm like my dishwasher is going to break. I run it like eight like 50 times a day. It's it's relentless. I mean, I, so a huge part of it honestly has been, I, I also get a little bit 
like a martyr. This is not one of my best qualities, but I don't oh, like really, I can't relate at all. Yeah. I don't I like to it. have to ask for help. I pride myself on being extremely capable and competent and organized enough that I have enough time to do all the things that I want to do. I hear you. But given that life circumstances have changed so dramatically, like I was telling my husband, my youngest daughter, she does not go to school very much. She goes nine hours a week. Okay. She's That's like in a mother's a day out. She's in a morning program, three mornings a week. But do you know what you can do in nine uninterrupted hours? Oh my God. I never even, nine so, hours seems like going on vacation in Bermuda right now. An entire, like, let's say Monday, nine to six with nobody in your house. You could get everything done that you needed to do. Clean your house, fold your laundry, do your dishes, whatever. With that gone, and now the added other things with just having kids home and, and needing, you know, a little bit more for me because they're so perceptive. They have a little bit, you know, bigger emotional needs right now. I have had to ask my husband for help. And that has been very humbling for me. He's delightfully willing. But um, it's not something you're used to. And it's also something I've had to work. It's been good for us, actually. You know, my communication skills have maybe been a little rusty. And you've gotten to work on them. I've really gotten to work on them and say like, hey, this is really what would be helpful to me. You know, sometimes he'll do something. I'm like, no, 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 that's not helpful to me. You can help me, but it's not that way. I appreciate it, but no, no. But like was to communicate and say, these are the things that are helpful to me. And could you please do it? And I've had to take the pride factor out of it. Yeah. And, you know, he's been great about recognizing, like, there was one night we were putting the kids to bed and they just would not go. And my volume was going up and up mm-hmm. and up. And he was like, hey, uh, do you need to uh, tag out? And I was like, yes, I do. <laughs> yes, I like that tag out. Yes. Yes, please. And get a break because, you know, it's with the way things are right now, there's just not enough hours in the day to do everything the way you want to do it. Well, that for me has been, I think one of the most beautiful parts of all of this is that, um, we always, there's so much conversation, especially in motherhood about sharing the weight of responsibility in marriage and with your spouse and like how hard that is when you have a baby and like what people think they need to be doing and sharing the, sharing the responsibilities. Um, and to have like life be kind of canceled. I mean, life goes on, Ben's still working. But we carpool like to take him to work every morning because it's like, why not? Like, it's an activity for us. (laughs) Yeah, we take him in. We all drive in the car and then we all get to go pick him up. That's like a big moment for us. Um, But those conversations and getting to work out those types of things and like, you know, Ben's been tucking in the like I do the day from when he leaves for work in the morning until we pick him up at 430 and he we pick him up and then he is takes over until the girls are asleep, like at seven 30. And sometimes I do a podcast, but if I don't, um, from like seven 30 to nine o'clock is like our time together. And just being able, like, I have a lot of pride myself. And I also, I, I explore martyrdom quite frequently. And, um, you know, it's not my favorite thing about myself either. It's probably like my least, it's the thing that I'm always up against, but I've never felt like I could really get a hold of it. And to be so humble, like, I have been humbled by this. Like I cannot do this alone. I will die. Like I yeah. need him to take over. Like I can't, I have nothing left in me at four 30. Um, 
And to be able to, instead of saying like, oh, why can't you just do this for me? Um, to say like, hey, here's what I need from you. And like to see him help me in such an incredible way has been like something I just don't ever want to let go of. And I don't think I could have gotten to that space before. Like I know that I couldn't have because no. I tried. No, I feel the same way. Like he would always be like, just tell me what you need. And I would be like, I, I don't know. <laughs> I know? can do it myself. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Like, it's I, in my head. Yeah. Or like the way that he would help me with something wasn't exact. Like, you know what I mean? Like exactly yeah. the way you would do it. So it didn't qualify as really helping. And it's like, now that you really need the help. Yeah. Um, you see that like help is help and help like is help and you're thankful for it. When it's willingly offered from a spouse, it's delightful. Yeah. And um, I think it also is another good reminder for us that this is an opportunity our kids have not really had. Like, you know, for my husband and myself, they've never had us both home so much. Yeah. You know, they're getting both of us all day. I've seen that be a lot of the things have been challenging for them, but that has been something that has been so amazing. Yeah. You know, to have more like kids, we may not always be the parents our kid we want to be for our children, especially under these circumstances, but you know, kids are wonderfully forgiving and I thank you for that reminder. <laughs> I no, am really I'm gonna listen to this a lot. Yeah. That they are thinking that this is amazing. My mom and dad are here with me and you know, it's, it's been a real opportunity for me to apologize to my kids from time to time and say, you know, I'm really sorry. Oh, I made yes. a mistake. And, you know, like I, I think I told you, I was trying to cry the other day and I, I just couldn't get away from my oldest daughter to do it. She, yeah. she, I was trying to talk to my husband. And I was crying and she was following us. Yes. Everywhere we went. And then finally I like had to flee from her. Yeah. <laughs> Later, you know, she's like, mom, are you okay? And I said, you know, honey, I'm fine. Sometimes, you know, moms get sad and I didn't have to elaborate on it, but it's just like, she doesn't think less of me for that. It obviously didn't scare her. Um, and it's, it's okay. I mean, you were talking fledged like mental breakdown in front of her, but yeah, you were talking to me about you were you were talking on Instagram about the article that I shared um, yeah, on Medium. The parents the parents are not, are all, not right. all right. Yeah, if you haven't read that article, it's on Medium. It's called "The Parents Are Not All Right." Read it now. It's like it was my it's my favorite thing I've read since quarantine began. It's about how basically everyone's children. It just put like honestly, it changed my behavior in this quarantine with my kids because it just acknowledged and validated that all children right now are struggling in ways that make them extremely clingy. And um, I was like, is this in my head? Like, why am I so irritated? Why do I feel like you're jumping on me? And the night before, um, I had sort of had like my rock bottom moment tucking in my oldest and she just wouldn't stop like pinching me. And she was crawling on top of me while I was reading her a book and like hurting me. She was like squeezing me so tight that she was hurting me and she wouldn't stop. And I must have asked her like five times to stop pinching me and like I just was like, I'm done. Like you talked about tagging out. Like yeah. I was like, Ben, I, I can't do this anymore. I don't know what's going on, but I can't do this. And then I read that article and it was talking about this one woman, like her daughter was talking about how basically she wanted to crawl back into her mom's womb. Like she said, like, I want to be back in your belly. And I was thinking like, if Selma could verbalize that like <laughs> in that way, she would like, that's literally what she's been trying to do. So I went into like parenting the next day. I was like, 
my kid literally wants to be back in my belly right now. Like that's where she's at. Um, And it just helped me understand that. But yeah, like getting space. I mean, she will chase me around the house if I try to get a moment and we're all getting very intimate and close to each other. So much togetherness, but I, I saw somebody post something that really spoke to me because I find myself having to reframe my thoughts frequently, you know, Mm -hmm. switching from feeling sorry to myself to, for, to being grateful, um, just constantly reframing things the best I can. And, And one of the things that helped me a lot was it said, um, when small children are dealing with big emotions, they need to share, they need us to share our calm, not join in their chaos. Yeah. And I thought, Oh my God, that's all she needs for me is like to bring the calm. And sometimes you have to bring that calm a lot, a lot, a lot. Yeah. But I had to like constantly go back to that and reframe that in my head. Like, okay, I am at my wits end, but if I throw my chaos in here, my volume, my anger, my irritation, it's not going to make hers go away. Yeah, no, it's not. It's not. It's, it's only going to further aggravate her already, you know, hard to verbalize tender little kid emotions. And we know that like what you just said makes so much sense. I think with this quarantine, it's like elicited such behaviors and reactions in our kids that we're just like, wait, is this like what's actually going on right now? For me, it took me a while to figure out like, oh, like all of this craziness is your way of reacting, like trying to literally crawl back into my stomach, if you will. Yeah. Um, that's you needing my calm. And I always like tell my husband this analogy of like when our kid is freaking out that there's a monster under the bed, we don't run in there and say, oh my God, ah! There's a monster. (laughs) We calmly tell them there's no monster, but often it doesn't look that way. Our kids don't say something directly. They act out. No, I mean, how many adults do you know that can't properly articulate their feelings? Exactly. So like a child to be able to do it is just asking too much. Right. It's true. It's true. So before I, before I have to say goodbye to you tonight, my last question is looking ahead, if you could taking all of the things that you've experienced in the past few weeks that you weren't even expecting because you were running Willow Crowns, things were going really well for you. And then all of a sudden everything changed and you were not planning on it. If you could imagine once, you know, everything is open again, what your life might look like with these lessons incorporated into it, what would be the same and what would be different? What are you excited to go back to and what are you excited to do differently? Um, I'm excited to continue to ask for help, honestly, um, especially with my husband. That has been a really nice thing. It's He's always been helpful. He's always been willing, but it's been really nice to feel like a shared kind of like we're in this together. Yeah. Um, you know, we call it team Burkle. You know, we're on, I love it. We're on the same team. So I, I'm a, I will definitely keep that in place. Um, I think more than ever, I'll ask my team for help when I'm able to have everybody back. You know, there's still so many things that I have held on to doing that I don't need to necessarily do myself. Yeah. Um, I'm going to keep taking walks with my kids because they have created some really beautiful memories for me. I don't think I will be so anxious to rush out and do my own thing on the weekends. I will be 
really aware that there are some opportunities for amazing family moments in there. Yeah. Um, I'm really ready to go back to home goods. <laughs> really ready. Like Sorry, really, I, just, I just dropped my microphone. I was so, I just so identified with what you just said. Absolutely. My, my three-year-old said to me the other day, she goes, I want to go to a home goods. And I was like, baby, the second they open, I will take you. Amazon uh, Prime, it's not the same. Like you can't get the same kind of stuff. There's nothing like it. So I'm really ready to go back to, to that. Um, I'm, I, I will be keeping in place. Um, my friends and I used to do a weekly um, Wednesday afternoon hang. And I miss that terribly. In person. Yes. And I will be rushing back to that and my friendships. Um, And I think the other thing that I will probably do is, you know, we, my family, my entire family and my husband's family live in Maine. And Mm -hmm. we go there one or two times a year, but it often feels like a lot of work. Um, Yeah. It's not an easy place to get to. It's not a direct flight and it's a lot of effort, but. I haven't seen my family now since Christmas. I don't know when I will see them again, depending on when travel opens back up. Um, So I think I'm really going to plan more trips as I'm able because, you know, it's just, I really appreciate it. You never know. You never know when you're not going to be able to hop on a plane and go see your loved ones. So that's something that I will have a much um, more patient attitude about moving forward. I love it. What's a beautiful answer. Thank you so much for all of your insight. I wish it had been in person. Me too. I I do too. And hopefully, you know, we say on Passover, like next year in Jerusalem, I'm like next time in the podcast studio, I hope, but uh, (laughs) it'll probably be a recording again. Um, but maybe the next time after that, I um, I still appreciate your authenticity and your honesty. And, um, I know so many people who have found your, insight valuable in the past will really, really appreciate it now with everything going on. They'll yell at their kids to go be somewhere else. Right. Go be somewhere else. It's so funny. Every parent I've spoken to has brought up that one specific thing that like they either like, well, I didn't tell my kid specifically to go away today or I did. And I was really awful about it. And I feel horribly, but like, that's the one thing that everyone keeps bringing up with me. It's like, (laughs) I told them to go away. Like I just couldn't handle it anymore. Just need a little space. Yeah, I know. But they are so forgiving. You're right. And um, I often just have to remind myself that they will look back on this time and be and just have such amazing memories of spending so much time with mom and dad. I hope so. Yeah, I hope so, too. I hope so too. It was great chatting with you, Megan. Everyone, that was Megan Burkle. Um, She is the founder and owner of Willow Crowns. Um, You can follow her on Instagram at Willow Crowns and get more of her um, daily insight and the sharing of her life. And and I've learned so much from Megan and I just so appreciative of her. Um, You've been listening to Look Ma No Hands. I'm your host, Laura Max Rose. Thank you for joining me. And I hope you'll join us again next week. Thank you for joining me for another episode of Look Ma No Hands. I'm Laura Max Rose, and you can follow me on Instagram at Laura Max Rose to stay up to date on upcoming episodes and the behind the scenes of my life with my own two daughters. If you like this episode and are enjoying Look Ma No Hands, the best way you can help me spread the word is to leave a review on Apple Podcast. 
This is the single best way to help me reach a larger audience and share these conversations with everyone who needs to hear them. If you love something you just heard, you can also take a screenshot of the episode and share it on social media. There might be someone you know who needs to hear what you just heard, and that's another great way to make sure they do. Thank you for joining me every week. I'm grateful for each and every one of you. More next time. Mom, mom, mom.